Agents Podcast. This episode is brought to you by Espresso Agent. The key to success in real estate is confidence, especially when it comes time to call prospects. Espresso Agent gives you that confidence with the best for sale by owners and expired contacts delivered directly to your inbox seven days a week. Up to 90% of our contacts have phone numbers and the most cell phone numbers on the market. Every day, you can dial with confidence when you dial with Espresso Agent. Visit EspressoAgent.com forward slash LabCodeAgents. Welcome back, LabCode Nation. In today's episode of the LabCode Agents podcast, we had the opportunity to talk with my friend Sam Karamian, CEO and co-founder of Big Block Realty. We had a great discussion about how attending mastermind events and surrounding yourself with uber successful business owners who freely share their successful strategies can lead to enhanced success and life-altering opportunities. Okay, welcome back, LabCode Nation, to the LabCode Agents Podcast. And I am excited this week because I get to talk to a, uh, I would call it an old friend. I mean, shit, in today's world, uh, it's kind of old. We've known each other for like two and a half years now. And arguably, he is one of the gentlemen that I came into contact with who brought me into these circles and has kind of helped me spiral to what I'm doing today, which is hosting this podcast, which I, which I love doing. This gentleman right here, many of you know, he is the founder of Big Block Realty, uh, which is, uh, has been the top, in the top 35 brokerages of fastest growing on the Inc. 500 for three years in a row. Big Block does $3 billion, that's billion with a B, in annual volume, and they have over 1,000 agents, and they've done it in like, what, five, six years, something like that, Sam? Yes, sir. Welcome to the show, my brother, Sam Karamian. Jeff, thanks for having me on, dude. Obviously, your brother, different mother, big fan of you, big fan of Lab Coat. So it's an honor to uh, be on the show with you, my man. I love it. I love it. It's always great to connect, and we don't connect as often as we used to. Uh, so I'm really glad that we got to do this. And specifically today, so Sam could literally talk about like 50 different topics at the highest of levels. <laughs> However, I asked him to come on today, not to talk about Big Block and how fast did their meteoric rise and all that jazz, which is actually really, really cool. And you should follow Sam Karamian if you don't. But we're going to talk about a couple of things today. First and foremost is just the concept of masterminding, going to real estate events, which is how our relationship came together. Sam reached out to me, convinced me to come. And again, I won't talk too much about myself, but it has done massive things for my career, which by the way, Sam, I will remind you, you might remember this. You told me when we talked originally that, hey, we didn't know each other, but I've heard great things about you. You do video, Cuevas introduced me, blah, blah, blah. But I, and I can't promise you anything, but I will tell you this. If you hang out in these circles, at these masterminds, things will happen that you never saw coming. And you were a hundred percent right. So let's talk about masterminding and kind of your background and what got you going. Yeah, dude. Happy to do it. And thanks for the kind words. And also thanks for putting your trust in me. I mean, you were, I think you were at the first uh, mastermind we ever ran. I was. But um, I'll tell you for me, you know, I, I, uh, I'm a college dropout, right? So I went to college for a year and one thing after another brought me into the real estate space. And the reason I bring that up is my success in life when I get asked questions like, hey, how did you guys end up on the Inc. 500? How have you grown so fast? How have these things happened for you? Uh, For me, the answer has always been simple. I'm a big believer 
that success starts and ends within the environment you put yourself in. And while my friends were in college, which is a great thing, I'm not knocking college, I just took an unconventional route. I was in seminars. I was in masterminds. Um, and, and what that did for me at, at a young age and continues to do for me now is it actually rewires the way that you look at things. It rewires the way you count. It opens up your Rolodex and puts people in your world that are doing really incredible things. And uh, I, I really do believe that the only shortcut in success is relationships. And if you want to level up, you got to level up with stronger relationships. So uh, my business partner and I have spent a lot of times in mastermind. We spent a lot of times in high level seminars and it, it's just done wonders for us. I love it. I love it. And, and I think, so let's, let's talk a little bit about your specific upbringing. So, you know, you, you dropped out of college, you started a real estate company. What led you down the path of this, this whole concept? Because I know like War Room was really, I think the really big one for you, right? But was there something prior to that that precluded it or was, and, and what kind of led you up and, and kind of explain the concept behind War Room and then what led you to Closing Table, which is a lot of the reason we're talking today? Yeah. So, uh, you know, I, um, we got into War Room probably about two years. War Room is a really high level internet marketing mastermind, you know, like Kevin Harrington from Shark Tank and just legit people are members. We always knew about the group. We found ourselves the opportunity to join. And what quickly happened was we started to learn things that honestly like weren't being taught in seminars for a year and a half, two years later. And what that did for us is it gave us big move, first mover advantage in a lot of things. You know, we were doing ads on Facebook in ways that people never were, which now are the standards. We were building relationships and connections. Uh, so War Room was a big part of, uh, of the, the formation of Closing Table coming together. War Room is run, as you know, by a couple of guys, Roland Frazier, Ryan Dice, Perry Belcher. Uh, and these guys own a company called digitalmarketer.com, which is arguably the, the number one education uh, outlet for internet marketing. And uh, we ended up building a strong relationship with them. And that was the beginning of Closing Table being born. They wanted to, to take what is war room in the digital marketing space. And they had a vision of verticalizing it into different arenas. And to me, a true story, when we joined War Room, we joined for two reasons. One was to build a relationship with the guys that run it. Two was to get in business with the guys that run it. So like we went in laser focus, like knowing we're going to be business partners with these guys. And a couple years into it, Roland's talking on stage. They want to start to verticalize. I went up to him and I said, I got the vertical. Let's do real estate. And, you know, after some talks and, and, and talking through it, uh, Closing Table was born. And now closing table in, in simplest words is the most powerful room in real estate. I would agree 100%. So let me rewind just for a second, just so the, the, the listener, because there's a, a, a ton of listeners probably that have no idea what closing table is and have no idea what war room is if they're not paying attention or they're not hanging out in the same circles that you and I are. So before we get to closing table, I kind of want to get in your mind a little bit because to me, that's like next level thinking, like next, next, next level thinking, because naturally most real estate agents and just real mortgage professionals, real estate professionals in general, 
they think I'm going to go to the NAR conference, right? I'm going to go to the mortgage bankers conference. I'm going to go to the industry conferences. And you were thinking, no, no, I don't give a crap about a real estate conference. I want to go to this conference. And it's like a marketing genius type conference, right? I mean, that's really what yeah. it is. And, or just business, entrepreneurial ideas, uh, mindset, that kind of thing. What, what kind of thoughts went through your head that made you say, what, was it because you had followed the Roland Frazier's of the world and you just knew you wanted to be connected? Or was it, was it something you had heard about the conference, something you thought you would learn? What, what led you down that path? And what advice would you give to an agent who only thinks in that small, you know, that small tunnel? Yeah, that's a great question. And it's a couple part answer. Yes, we were following Roland and Ryan for a while. We were going to their seminars and, and ultimately they opened this up to what internet marketing really could be. And in the process, we've always done things very unconventionally. When I see everyone going left, I want to go right. It's just, it's just my DNA. And when we learned about War Room, we had a lot of successful friends that we knew that were already part of the group. Uh, so we had a lot of credibility in knowing that this is this is legit. But for me, I, you know, I really understood that it's not about doing the same thing that other people in my industry are doing. It's about learning from someone that's selling uh, cowboy boots on a really high level and taking one nugget from that and saying that can apply into my business and no one else in my space is doing it. And learning about how a guy is selling water filtration devices online, like to me, it's, it's about going to uber successful people outside of my arena and finding that one thing that they're doing and finding a way to implement it into my business. And that's what War Room did for us. Is it gave us the ability uh, to, to find opportunities, systems, uh, hacks that no one in our space was talking about. And, and that was a big part of our ability to have fast growth because, you know, when we started Big Block, dude, there was no brokerage marketing online. It just wasn't happening. We were probably one of the first brokerages that were recruiting off of Facebook. Uh, and still, there's not that many doing it. So we just always and still to today, like we're trying to find things that no one else is looking at so we can have that first mover advantage. Uh, and also, like I'm a big, big, big advocate of borrowing other people's success and credibility. And for me, like just hanging out with these, you know, I remember my first war room, dude, I was sitting next to, at the time, I want to say he was probably 17 or 18 years old. Today is like 22, 18 year old kid from Russia making a million dollars a month online. And I'm like, dude, if that doesn't change the way that you look at opportunity, Dr. Phil can't save your ass. You know what I mean? Like... <laughs> Like, dude, just this kid is, he's a baby to me at, at the time. So it was little things like that. And I was like, you know, I, I really enjoy it. I, I, I get off on it. And it's almost like it's my, uh, my vacation as well. Like I get to go hang out with really smart people, have a lot of fun, have conversations. And I'll tell you, to me, the, you know when you're in a good room, when you leave the event, what runs through your head sounds something like, what the hell am I doing with my life? Right? Mm -hmm. Like, it doesn't matter how hard you're winning. When you can hang out with people that make you say, damn, I'm not winning hard enough. That changes the way you look at everything. Yeah. 
hundred percent. So that, which, which leads me to the next topic, which you, you kind of alluded to it when, like when you walk out of there, you ask yourself that question. And I think most people, when they walk out of a lot of conferences, even, even not the same level or just different, even, even maybe NAR, or I, I don't want to name any conferences cause I don't want to throw anybody out there, but there, there's a ton of them, right? And you go yep. there and there's a lot of speakers and there's a lot of content and everybody leaves a full day event or two and a half day event or whatever completely mind blown. Like, I don't even know where to start. There's so much. I've got 10 pages of notes and they go home, they get caught up in the minutia of life and they never do anything with it. What is some advice that you would give somebody for that just mindset in general? That's a great question, dude. So early on in our war room experience, that was happening to us. We would go to war room. War room happens a few times a year. We leave with stacks of notes. We get back to the office. Things wouldn't get implemented. So what Oliver and I started doing was we would go to War Room, and then directly after that, we would have an executive retreat where we would go rent an Airbnb somewhere, usually somewhere that like just sparked motivation, oceanfront, like just something that felt good. And we would sit there for two, three, four days and just implement. I mean, we would go through our notes and we would start implementing the things that we learned. And as we, you know, as I look back on the past few years, I can confidently say that a lot of our wins came from that one process. Go to conference, after conference, don't let the sizzle you know, die off. Don't let the message get lost. Go straight into a two or three day hackathon where you're, I mean, we would sit at the table from eight in the morning to eight at night and we would mastermind amongst each other and we would execute on strategies and ideas. Uh, and I'll tell you still like some of the biggest wins we've had in our business happened in that session. We would go to war room, we'd say, damn, that was good. Go to closing table, damn, that was good. And immediately start working on implementation. When you go back to the office, the world hits you, right? Your assistants are there, your staff is there, your agents are there, your clients are there, your escrows are there. Everything is there to slow you down. Mm -hmm. So we just extend the process and turn it into our execution track. Uh, so I'd say for anybody, look, if you're going to NAR or you're going to any other conference, or if you're in a high level mastermind, the best way to back up your bet, you already invested time to go. You already invested money to go back up your bet with a little more time and a little bit more money and seclude yourself for two, three days. I don't care if it's in your house, just don't go back to the office and get lost in the world. Start executing while it's fresh, while it's hot and while you're just you know, you're, you're popping. I like it. I like it. And what about, what about just the mindset of, and I, I'm guilty of this and I've gone to enough of these now where I think I've kind of figured out how to filter, but when I'm sitting at a conference and I have my laptop open and I'm an email junkie, like I always want to stay up on my emails. And I think a lot of people, cause now, you know, with lab code agents and stuff and I, and I'm heavily involved in those events and I'm watching, I'm just surveying the room usually just to kind of see what's out there. And I notice a lot of people get caught up in that. How much are they really paying attention? And they paid to be there. Do you have any, any, any hacks or any mindset shifts or any thoughts in terms of that? For me, that used to be the case. And primarily because I thought that everything was going to fall apart if I wasn't on my phone and my email immediately. And one time my coach challenged me. He said, look, I want you to go to the next event. And I don't want you to take your laptop into the room. I don't want you to open up your email on your phone. You go in with a yellow pad, a notebook, and just be present. And 
two things happened. One, I soaked up way more than I ever have before. And two, arguably more importantly, I realized that it was never going to be the end of the world if I didn't get to something immediately. And talk about a freeing process. So my advice to you would be, if you can't get away from the email, uh, I would ask yourself, are you really owning your business or is your business owning you? And I think that as you get to next levels of success, you have to find ways to separate yourself from the things that need to be done proactive, I mean, reactively, and just focus on the proactive stuff. And for me, closing table war room is the ability to be proactive and know that I have systems and or people in place that can work on the reactive things. So now for me today, you know, many years later, uh, my assistant manages my email almost 85% of it, right? So I'd say it starts with the decision. I don't care if you're doing five deals a year or 500 deals a year. Shame on you if you're taking time away from your family, time away from your work, spending money, flying to a conference, and then you're on your laptop just messing around on email and and, uh, missing nuggets. And the reason this is so important, dude, is I don't believe you go to like a closing table to walk away with 10 nuggets. You go to a closing table to walk away with your one nugget. And if you're distracted for that one moment where that thing that can help you pop is shared and you miss it, what does that cost you? Far more than missing an email for an hour or a day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I totally agree. And, and I think from my perspective, just to give a different perspective on it and what I've realized, now granted, things have changed for me too. I love going to the conferences anymore, less for um, the granular content and more for the relationships. Because, you know, obviously, and you and I, and I'm not at your level, but I go to a lot of conferences too, and I'm surrounded. I hear a lot of the same people speak. And a lot of it's a very similar message. Now, granted, like somebody like Sharon Srivatsa, I don't care. He could tell me the same damn story 50 times, and I watch it every single time because I love the guy. Um, He's so good. Right. Jesse Itzler is another one, a good example. I've seen him speak multiple times. I love the guy. I could hear that story multiple times, and I still enjoy it. However... Uh, I think you have to figure out, and for me, I've figured out like, okay, I, I just got back from the Wailopo conference, for example, and I was sitting there thinking to myself, sitting there speaking, listening to these people speak and talk about these, these, these lead systems and lead gen, and I was like, damn, this is really over my head. I'm a sales guy. I'm going to hire somebody smarter than me to do all this stuff, which is what was my idea, by the way. I went out in the hallway and, and just people walking by. And before you know it, I am so ingrained in conversations. And, and now we've got partnerships we're talking about. And it was like, why the hell didn't I just do this the whole time? Yeah. And um, it's, you got to find your thing. And that's definitely not your, most people's thing. So I don't want people to go to conferences and go sit in the hallway, by the way. Uh, but I think you got to really find it. And, and would, would you say, I remember you telling the story about uh, a guy in War Room who used to, and he was a mortgage guy, ironically, who would find his one thing and then leave the conference, no matter how early in the conference it was, go up to his room and implement. Yep. He still does that. He's still in war room. Uh, sometimes he comes in and sometimes he's in the event the whole time. I want to say two times ago, I swear he was gone by lunch. He got his one thing first day by lunch. Didn't see, didn't see Jack again. Uh, so he, he just went straight upstairs and he does kind of like what I was suggesting, right? He yeah. gets his one thing. He turns everything else off and he executes on it. But, you know, I also, I want to give you some credit because I remember the first closing table you were at, which I think was our first one, Jesse Itzler was speaking and he said how he likes to go on long walks and runs. 
and your ass just stood up in the middle of the room and you're like, can I go on a walk with you? And the next day, this guy is on a six mile jog walk. I don't know what the heck you guys did, but six miles, I remember you saying with Jesse Itzler, who is a billionaire and has built just tremendous life and success for himself. I mean, like what, what could you even put a dollar amount on, on those six hours? Like nope. you couldn't buy that again. You couldn't write a check. You're right. It's, it's funny because now Jesse since then has events that you can pay to go to roughly four, five, six, probably up upwards of 10 grand to be in a group setting with the guy. Yeah. And you might see him for an hour. Yeah. If that, yeah, I got one-on-one time for all morning. It was amazing. And I guess that's another good point is, is that when you go to these events and I now tell people this, when I'm at the lab code events, I say, listen, you're going to these events. You're surrounded by some really successful people, but these are not arrogant people. These are people that did the same thing. We all did this. We started somewhere. We were the guys sitting at the table, soaking knowledge. And then we just started introducing ourselves and becoming yep. friends with people. And I would say that's probably my biggest strength. Yours too, is that we just, I, I just found a way to become buddies and build a relationship with you, with Oliver, with Tristan, with all these people. And it takes it, what can come of it. I'll say the same thing you said, what can come of the relationships you build at these events? You have no idea what it will lead to, but build as many of them as you can, because you never know what it will, what will happen. It's huge. Yeah, it's huge. And like, you know, going back to like, kind of like what happened for me is, uh, I, I remember before I joined war room, I was, um, attending traffic and conversion summit, which is their big conference at the time there was 3000 people. And I thought to myself, man, boy, would it be awesome if I could MC this event one day, four or five years later at the last one, 7,000 people. They had my ugly mug emceeing the main stage for three days. So cool. I'm backstage meeting everybody, Jay Shetty, building connections. Like, like, and, and they, you know, like I would have, I couldn't pay for that experience. And if you would have told me that joining War Room was going to put me in the environment that I could do that, I wouldn't even believe you. But to your point, you just never know what's going to happen. And I want to touch on something else where you said like, these successful people actually want to support and they want to be involved. And one of my mentors, Greg Reed, always said to me, he said, man, you can tell the winners from the losers because successful people are always accessible. And if someone's not willing to just sit down and, and have that chat, they're probably some sort of bogus. There's something else going on, right? Uh, for Jesse Itzer, he, you know, to, to just go on a walk with you. For Roland Frazier to like, sit down and just share like these guys are way on the other side of success. The most successful people are the most accessible people. Yeah. I love it. I mean, yeah, it's a hundred percent right. And, and I think I would also say, uh, it's funny, Tristan and I were just talking about this recently because I heard something on a podcast or an interview and it kind of just was like a light bulb, like, huh, I did that. And the, then what I did was, is I brought value to somebody that I wanted to spend more time with. It actually, frankly, admittedly started with you. I mean, I was chasing you. You gave me the idea for the partnerships and the JVs and all that stuff. And I was chasing you for a while. What push came to shove, it didn't come together, but it hasn't severed our relationship. It hasn't bothered us at all. I still appreciate yep. the hell out of you. It just is what it is. But I kept on down that path because I didn't stop it, Sam. I was making other relationships at the same time. If you bring, so let's just say you're, you're out in the real estate world, you're in your profession, and there's somebody that you look up to. It's like a, a 
a star, famous person, if you will. Definitely not, but you know what I mean. Yeah. If you want to have more of their time, if you want to spend more time with them, find a way to bring them value. If yes. you could bring them value, they will bring you into their life. Dude, that's it. That is everything. What you just said right there is everything because, you know, let's just say Jesse Itzer. Jesse Itzer gets off stage. Roland Fraser gets off stage. Whoever you get off stage, I get off stage. 99% of the people come up to you and they say, how can you help? How can you help me? How can you help me? And then that one person comes up and says, wow, good job. How can I help you? Like, like that's amazing. How can I support your vision? So I learned a while ago, the magical question, question you can ask somebody to open up an immediate relationship with that superstar. Can I share it? Yes, please. So you want to build a relationship with someone, you walk up to them, compliment them. Great. Thank you. What are the one or two things you're most excited about for the next year that I can support you with? And you'll see Mark Cuban will look at you like, what? Like, did you really just ask me that? And, and look, the people that are wealthy and successful today, most of them were not in the past. And when they hear that, they see a little bit of you in them or yeah, them, them in and you. Mm-hmm. And, um, and that's where the magic starts, dude. You got to be a giver before you're a taker. And guys like you get it. And that's why look, look at all the relationships you have and, and all the, you know, you were just talking. You're straight hockey sticking right now. And you've always been a giver, dude. I love it. So I have to ask, because I know that really happened with Cuban. What, how'd that conversation go? You know, he, we were there for uh, Vegas uh, for another event. And he was there for Summer League. So he was in and out. and. Uh, I asked him that. He said, wow, that's a great question. Most people don't say that. Why don't you hit me up on Instagram and, and we'll talk? <laughs> and I did, and I haven't heard back, but I'm not giving up hope. I'm not giving up hope, right? You know, one day I'm, I'm confident something will happen. I'll run into him again. I mean, I guarantee it. I know it. I can see it clearly. Actually, Roland Frazier at the moment is trying to get him to possibly speak at one of his events in the future. And chances are I might be emceeing or at the event and I'll see dude next to Roland and I'll be like, yo, let me help you with those one or two things. You know, who knows? Great. That's great, man. That is, that is so cool. And it's so true, man. I mean, and honestly, and, and Sam and I kind of, uh, you know, we pregamed a little bit for this podcast, like we do all podcasts. And uh, this is we're going down a path that I didn't necessarily anticipate, but it's so damn powerful because I think it's these little things that, the, the average just human in general don't really think about. And it's, it's yeah. so natural to just always go into a conversation and vomit all over someone about yourself or go in and say, you know, Hey, how's your kids doing? And they, and before they even get the full answer out, you're already vomiting about what same thing happened to your kids. And it's, this is one-on-one shit, man. This is, and, and excuse my language and excuse my excitement because I get super enthusiastic when I talk to people I love and, um, but, but I'm passionate about it. And I think you can sense that when I talk because I love this stuff uh, because it's not rocket science and we're giving you the playbook. Like this is exactly what we did. And it wasn't like we were, you know, we, we weren't Mark Zuckerberg. We weren't super smart and went to Harvard and, and could figure out how to code things. Right. Um, <laughs> What did you say at the beginning of this of this podcast? Relationships. What did you say? What was your line? I said, I really believe that the only shortcuts to success are relationships. Awesome. I love that line. So that's great. So, all right, we've 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 talked all about this uh, on a, on a on a thirty thousand foot level. Let's dive deeper on closing table. So you you met Roland, or you 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 got in with Roland. It took a couple of years, 
and it took you down this path. There's probably a lot of people listening. There's probably a lot of people listening that, that have never heard of Closing Table Mastermind or don't know a lot about it. They've heard of it. They feel like it's really exclusive. They could never be in it. Tell the listener what it's all about and if they would be a good candidate to come and visit. Yeah, thanks for asking, dude. So let me say that Closing Table is, it's an event, it's a membership that runs for a year. Uh, and throughout the course of the year, we have three really nice high-level masterminds where we bring in speakers like Jesse Itzler and, uh, you know, we have Billie Damon Jean. John, Billy Jean, uh, just, you know, really successful entrepreneurs to come and share in an intimate level and they hang out and they, you know, they eat with us, they drink with us. So it's part mastermind and then part execution track. So there's three major events that are three days long that happen throughout the course of the year. Uh, and then we have about now, the new schedule is 20 additional topic-specific intensives. And those are everything from, let's say, SEO to mergers and acquisitions, uh, which honestly, because of Roland, dude, some of, the, some of the businesses we're buying right now and deals we're putting together, if I shared with you the details of how much little cash we're putting into these big acquisitions, you just wouldn't believe me. And, and those are the things that you learn at these events. So in short, it's just a, a lot of really good content with really smart people. Uh, it, it's somewhat exclusive. Like it's not, it's not uh, extremely exclusive as in like you have, to, you have to hit a certain criteria of production and or income. Like we, we want to keep it for people that are closer to the top producer and mega producer style. We have agents, we have developers, we have marketers, we have software guys. So if you're listening right now and you feel like you'd like to be in a room with higher level thinking people, people that are just winning on another level, you want to have conversations that you're probably not having at most of the conferences you're going to, you want to hang out with you know, awesome people like Jeff and Tristan and, uh, and a lot of people you probably see, you, know, you have on this podcast, Closing Table might, might be the room for you. I love it. And the, uh, so this podcast, uh, you'll be listening to this in the middle of November. I think it's the week of the 11th, 12th, it'll come out. So the next one is in Napa, uh, the week of the uh, 18th, right? It's the 20th to the 22nd, correct? Correct. In Napa, which is one of my favorite places. So if, and that's late, late notice, if you're in that region if you're in you know the northwest or you're in california it's i would say it's is it not too late is it not too late for someone to call you to get in touch with you get in touch with me and come pay a visit yeah it's not too late look we uh we're always looking for awesome people to join and add value and and uh if you want to learn more reach out to jeff reach out to me jeff can always get us connected and uh, just let me know that, that you heard me on this podcast and, and we'll do our best to make sure we can get you in last minute. And if not, you know, we do these throughout the course of the year. If November doesn't work for you, uh, we could get you in on the beginning of next year. I love it. And let me, and let me give a personal plug. So uh, the, I have no vested interest here. Sam's not going to write me a check, although I'll give you my address after the show if you'd like to. <laughs> but, but what I will say is this is, so again, when I first went and I, I'm not going to, everybody says this at closing table, everybody's the poorest guy in the room. I truly believe I was the poorest guy in the room at that first one. I was actually struggling at the time. I've never even really told the story 
I could not afford to be in closing table at the time. No way. I was, it was a tough time. We were just about, actually, I was struggling. We ended up leaving our company uh, not long, the company I was with at the time, as a result of some of the things I learned and they weren't willing to implement. And I found a way to make it work. And, and I was just, it was just that feeling you had. And I've made many poor decisions, man. I've blown crap tons of money on crap, a lot of investments. Uh, but this yeah. one was, that was, was way worth it. And, you know, you mentioned, you know, yourself, Oliver, Roland, Perry, they're in this, uh, you, you mentioned Tristan, uh, Noel Nielsen's in this, Sheree Benjamin, Carrie Scholl, all of these, I could keep going, all of these people, Kevin Markarian, Sunit Agarwal, so many names that you see, especially lab coders, you see these people and these are all pretty high level successful people. And I'm telling you right now, we are in a small room where if you come to closing table, I promise you, you will walk away from there having a really good conversation with at least 10 of those people. I'm telling you right yeah. now, it's, it's inevitable. It happens every single time. We break bread together multiple times. We go out to eat. We have drinks. We have breakfast. Wh whatever it is you do, there's going to be somebody in the room. It's not, it's not partying. It's partying. If you want to, that's there. Uh, if, if you're not a drinker, that's cool too. There's plenty of, plenty of those people too. I mean, all, we're all there. We're all there. We're all wanting to hang out. Uh, Sharon comes to a bunch of them. I could go on and on and on. But I, I, I believe in it because it was something that now I speak and I tell my story and this is a part of my story. And, and it's, it's, it's um, again, I can't give a better endorsement because like you said, I was a mortgage guy coming into a real estate room. So I, I, literally, if you want to say you're going to cower in the corner, I was cowering in the corner. I knew I didn't belong, but I figured out how to get myself to belong. And, and it, and it took thinking outside the box. It, like you said, you went to a war room with no, there's, you're not learning anything about real estate. You're learning about business. Yep. And so for me, if I can give anybody, any, anybody, any advice, my mindset as a mortgage guy was, all right, I'm going to get in the head of my number one referral source. And I'm going to get to know the best of the best because I can bring those strategies and concepts back to my market, become the authority on the topic, and I will attract way more relationships. And that's how you all need to think because you're doing the same thing that I'm doing, that Sam's doing. We're all just doing it at different levels with different long, you know, end goals. And um, I, so if, if that's, if I can't give, if I can give a wonderful endorsement to closing table, that is it because it's, um, I definitely believe in it. And that's one of the reasons I want to have you on because like I said at the beginning, we could talk about other things. And if you got a couple minutes, I would like to talk about one more thing. Uh, closing Thank table. Thank you for the kind words, out. brother, by the way, like, uh, it's awesome to hear that because we do this for the love. We do it selfishly because we want to hang out with badasses like you. And we also do it for the love because like, uh, I mean, it's really fulfilling to see, I mean, look at all the things that you got going on and, and it's just, it's fun and it's, it's enjoyable. So thank you for saying those things. I agree. I agree. So we talked a little bit before we got, before we started recording about syndication. And this is something that you've learned through these relationships, through masterminding, uh, talk just a little bit about that. You even, I think you even touched on it a little bit. Is there anything you can tell anybody about that con the concept of, of, of syndication? Cause honestly, I don't even think most people even realize what that even means as it relates to real estate. Yeah. Great question. So syndication is essentially like another word for crowdfunding. Uh, there's a lot of laws and everything around this. So like, if you want to go explore this, make sure you get the right backing or reach out to me and I'll give you some support. But uh, syndication is defined by a group of people getting together to pool resources and money to do projects that are bigger than they could do on their own. So my first syndication project that I did 
Uh, it was me and a few buddies got together with a developer and we built 10 new homes in San Diego. And um, it, was, it was scary at first and it has its risks and all that stuff. So we came in with about $500,000 collectively. The $500,000 goes against a construction loan that we all you know, collectively get together. And on the backside of it, we refinance what, so let me back up. You put money together, you go build a project, you go buy an apartment together. You, you know, there's a lot of ways to do it. You add value to the property, which means you increase the value. Uh, and then you refinance and you get your money back out, but you still own the asset. So I'll give you an example of what we're doing right now. We're building a, an apartment building in San Diego with 26, uh, it's a 26 unit apartment building. Uh, we'll, we'll be raising $1.8 million. We'll be into the deal with, with debt and the 1.8. We'll be into the deal for 7 million bucks. So 1.8, let's call it 2 million in sourced money amongst people. Uh, and then the rest is a loan. We build the apartment building. We rent it out. Upon completion and stabilization, meaning the units are rented, uh, on, on a decent cap rate, that thing, that unit, I mean, the building will be worth around 11 to $12 million. So we're into it for seven. On completion, it's worth 12 or let's just say 11. Uh, so we have $4 million of equity in a two to three year period. But what get, gets better is instead of selling it at that point, we'll go to the bank, we'll refinance We'll get all of that 1.8 million back, plus people made interest on the money while it was in there. And now we own this 26 unit apartment building with all of our cash back out of it. We all own our share in it. We keep it for, let's say, 10 years. And the value goes from, let's say, 11 million to 13 or 14 million. Now we have a five or a six million dollar delta. We sell it, everyone cashes out, but we got our cash back two or three years into the deal. Uh, and it's just a great way to, uh, to do really exciting big projects without having to take all the risk on your own. So you're going to fall into one of two categories. You might be the type of guy or gal that, that has 10, 20, 100 grand that you'd like to place somewhere. Find, find someone that does syndication and, and explore the opportunities, look at their offerings and see, see what that means for you. Or you might be the type of person that says, shoot, like I want to learn about this and, and start doing these things on my own. Both of those perspectives or angles are a great way in my mind. I haven't found something yet that I really think can turn me into a billionaire. As you know, like I've stated, I will be a billionaire. And I was just telling you before we got on, I'm like, dude, I don't, I don't know that I've, I've looked at anything that has a better chance of helping me get there in my life than doing these types of deals. And what really sparked it, remember the closing table where my cousin Evan came and spoke? Yeah, Were you at that one? I was, yeah. He talked about buying a high rise in Beverly Hills for $200 million syndicated. And I, I forget what it was, four or five years later, do you know how much that they sold it for? I forgot. $404 million. Everyone's jaw is on the floor. I like, do remember I, that. You know, I knew he was doing well. I didn't know he was doing that well. So, uh, 
so we put our head down and we really started working on it. We have a, like I said, the 26 unit we're building. Uh, we have another one that's coming up. That'll be 102 doors. So we're, you know, Carrie Scholl is doing a lot of these now. So I'll tell you, if you're interested in any of this stuff, research it, reach out to Jeff, reach out to me. Any way we can help, we're happy to do it. I love it. I love it. And, and, and again, all of this started by putting himself in a room with people that are doing this sort of thing. And, and, and I think a lot of people will be listening to this or thinking, I don't have a pot to piss in. And I think Sam can speak for anybody that he was that guy, however many years ago, who didn't have that pot to piss in. And, and look what this literally, I would say, look what his mindset has put him in a position to now do and be so successful. And, um, it's really what it is, man. It's hustle, of course, but, but more than anything, it's thinking outside the box. And this syndication concept is thinking outside the damn box. I haven't even fully wrapped my brain around it. You even said it. And when we started, it's like, we, we need to talk. And um, we need to talk, dude. It's, it's crazy. It's crazy. I love it. I love it. This is really cool. So this is another example of the things that you're exposed to when you when you go to these events, especially like a closing table, which is very unique. Again, I'm I'm obviously this is a lab code agents podcast. I will plug our events till I'm blue in the face. They're amazing. Sam is a speaker at, at our biggest event. Uh, he'll probably be there every single year. We love him, and and our events are pretty awesome. This is different, and and it's 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 not your typical real estate event, and it's why I love it. It's why I'm staying in it. And, um, and, and honestly, if nothing else, uh, cause there has been one or two where I walked away with not anything amazing, but the relationship building and nurturing was worth the time and worth the effort and worth the money. And, um, you know, that's, that's why I'm going to stay in it. So brother, I appreciate you being Thanks, on today. Any, uh, any closing thoughts? No, that's, uh, I guess just thank you for having me on for everyone that's listening. Thanks for listening. And I do have one request which is Jeff and the guys at Lapcoat put a lot of effort into this podcast. It's not easy lining up guests. It's not easy taking time to do interviews, post-production, all that stuff. Uh, so do them a solid and like go give them a five-star review and leave an awesome remarks uh, because, you know, they don't make any money off of this. They're just doing this for the love. And, uh, and I'll, I'll tell you that that five-star review goes a long way. So hopefully people can do that for you. I can't thank you enough for having me on. And again, if anyone wants to learn about Closing Table, reach out to Jeff and I hope to see you at the next event. Sounds good. And, and Sam already plugged it. And the only thing I will say is one more thing. that We love the reviews. We also love the shares. So please don't keep us a secret. You know, let, let it be known. We, we want to be the number one podcast, the real estate space, bringing value to you guys. So Sam, this has been awesome. I love wrapping with you and I can't wait to see you in a few weeks. See you then, brother. Thank you. All right, man. Agents Podcasts.